You guys keep fucking whining about nobody calling. But I know if I fucking call, you're not gonna play this fucking voicemail. So, hi guys, hi, hi, hi. Wayne here, hi, fuck. Um, I love the fact that you're doing a Black History Month fucking episode. Sci-fi, whatever the fuck it is. You're three white fucking Caucasian assholes. It's so nice that you guys are giving, you know, a couple of minutes to the black, uh, because, uh, you feel fucking, uh, I don't know, like you've fucked them in certain ways or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good time. The, the films you're picking are great. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the Patreon people pick some great films for this week. You know, uh, fucking Enemy Mine was a film that was on fucking Channel 11 all the time around here in, uh, the Jersey, New York area. Like, every fucking Sunday, you'd be fucking put on TV, and then you might be on, middle of the deck. What the fuck? So, I've seen a bunch. Yeah, and the whole thing when, you know, everybody's favorite fucking somewhat ginger, uh, Ryan James, you know, the undisputed fucking, uh, character actor icon, pops up at the end of the film, it's like, oh, okay. Huh? Um, the other film's a really good joke. I like uh, Brother from Another Planet. I think it's fun. I think I wish that the character, I mean, character talked to it, but, you know, I, I kind of understand the, the reasons why. Uh, and, uh, sorry about it. It's pretty fucking dope. Pretty dope. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, keep doing this bullshit, you fucking Anglo-Saxon fuck. And, uh, maybe some other people might fall in occasionally. Alright, I'm gonna go kill myself. Goodbye. Junk Food Dinner 606. We've got some short sci-fi this week. First, aliens need to escape Earth in departure. Next, three witches use their wigs for good and evil in Hello Rain. Finally, two guys try a VR with sexy results in Black Mirror Striking Vipers. I could never, you know, I, you know, I could never, never, and but you know, I just don't feel Wayne is passionate about our our black heritage. Yeah, but you know, I, when Wayne did it, when he popped up and did it, I didn't, I wasn't as surprised as other people because you know, uh, I always felt Wayne didn't care strongly about our black beliefs. I always feel like that, you know, and, yeah. and Wayne, Wayne probably think about his bag and his family, you know, uh, and he has the right to think that way if he wants to think that way. Welcome to Junk Food Dinner, episode 606. This is the podcast where each week we scour the internet, video stores, and cable television, searching for the most outrageous and interesting cult films. In Ohio, I am Kevin Moss, and I'm joined by my California co-hosts, Parker Bowman in the 559, and Sean Byron in LA. It's the third week of Black Sci-Fi February, and it's Shorts Week, as we take a look at Departure from 2017, Hello Rain from 2018, and Black Mirror, colon, Striking Vipers from 2019. But first, gentlemen, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I've been having a fun week. Yeah, yeah. I got to reunite with my boys. After so many years, me and the boys got back together. Oh. Uh, And I mean, of course, the Jackass boys. I saw the Jackass movie. Oh, Oh, yeah. In in cinemas, currently. In 
in a cinema. Yeah, I saw it. A lot of kids in there. A lot of young kids somehow. I figured it'd be all old dudes who remember, uh, you know, the CKY videos and how important they were to them as a youth. But not a lot of a lot of youngs in there watching these guys. Well, I don't underestimate. The, yeah, don't underestimate the draw of Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, I didn't know he was involved. <laughs> yeah, he's in there for a little bit. I heard so, actually yeah. there, there's a whole lot of new young jackass guys. Right? Is that a thing? Yeah, they got like five new dudes to do some of like the heavy lifting. Like all the stuff that was like absolutely going to result in like a broken bone. They got like the, the new young kids to do rather than put Steve-O through such pain. That seems like a smart plan. Yeah, Steve and also valuable to our society <laughs> to risk in that way. That's true. Then uh, also, I think you know, when Bam, without Bam and the CKY guys, like you kind of needed to to pad the roster a little bit. So yeah, like those new those new folks are fun, but the real the real joy is watching old ass gray Johnny Knoxville get kicked in the nuts and stun gunned and stuff. It's beautiful. Now, do we see Lance Bangs vomit on screen? I. I th- I thought about texting you right after seeing the movie to tell you about how joyous it is to see Lance Bangs. I wasn't going to, you know, I, I thought again, spoil it. But now that you're asking, Lance Bangs not only pukes one time, he pukes twice. Oh, my God. And because they filmed this during COVID, he pukes into his mask. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now I do regret my decision to stay home this weekend. I, I got to go see this shit. You got to go see this. Speaking of Lance Bangs, I just learned that he's married to one of the Sleater Kinney ladies. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love that he's 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 throwing up in his mask at, during the day, going home and telling his wife from Sleater Kinney all about it. That's he's beautiful to me. Successful in his in his, you know, work endeavors and his love endeavors, just a, an all-around successful dude. I I love Lance Bangs. Yeah, me too. So, so you guys haven't seen this? You guys no, I, saw it. I, I, oh, I went I saw out it. to the theater and I yeah, I went, I went oh, out to the theater man. and saw it. Was the, the opening? One. Yeah, was the opening scene as Kevin centric as I as I told you it was going to be? Yeah, it was fun. There was it's a you know basically a Godzilla parody, <laughs> but I and I won't ruin the surprise because I think it's better if you don't know. Yeah, the surprise of it, but uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. I mean, it definitely had the same classic jackass feel. Of all the other ones, good music on it as always. That's the one thing I also also really love about these movies is they get really cool. You know, a lot of old punk rock and stuff that you never mm-hmm. hear in the theaters. Uh, so that's cool, and yeah, just fun. And I like the new cast. I like um, I like that they got a. The, we talked about this a little bit. They got a lady jackass. I remember mm-hmm. when when this movie first came out, we were speculating because they're talking about bringing in a new crew. We we're like. Is it time for a female jackass? And you guys said no. You said I won't have it. But I, <laughs> yeah, we're old fashioned in our jackassery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's she was really great in it, but she's almost like too good. Like she's just like, bring it on! I can take any kind of pain. Like, <laughs> she, yeah, she was like too good at jackass. I feel. Do you know this lady, Rachel Wolfson? She's a stand-up comic uh, in the L.A. area, Sean. So I thought maybe you might have cross paths with her the name doesn't ring a bell um but she's the female jackass she's the female jackass interesting mm-hmm. I, I would have expected maybe like a like a female wrestler or something to take up that role because that's one thing i was thinking about when you're mentioning lady jackasses 
I feel like the rise of, you know, women in wrestling has really occurred since the last Jackass movie, you know? So maybe the yeah. culture is primed to see ladies, you know, getting knocked around a little bit on screen. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't get Ronda Rousey to have, like, a grapefruit thrown at her ass or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she seems like she'd be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When she's not calling Sandy Hook a false flag operation, she's got plenty of time for a jackass. Oh, no. Yeah. Is that true? I, I've been running up on her lately. That is true. Oh, no. And there's there's that other one, too, the the one that was in um, The Mandalorian, right? What's her name? Oh, yeah. Gina, Gina Carano. Cor- yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. He's got all these maybe problematic views. Yeah. Man. And the thing I defended, one of the most heated arguments I ever got in was I was drunk at a party and this guy was claiming that he could beat Ronda Rousey in a fight. And he was just like an (laughs) average dude. (laughs) And I was like, you are out of your fucking mind, dude. Like, he wasn't even like in good shape. He's like, but she's a woman. I'm like, (laughs) she's a professional fighter. Like, you deliver pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i'm sad that you got put in a position where you had to defend her but i you're still right i mean you know yeah. <laughs> yeah, she could still beat this dude's ass that's without question yeah but yeah that's it, it was a fun time like you said it was uh i mean it was mostly dudes i was mm-hmm. no surprise in the theater but it, you could tell it was like a lot of guys who had been like indoors for a long time and they're just like calling their closest buddy and like come on dude we got to get out of the fucking house and go watch this jackass movie like you could tell it was dudes just escaping the couch to sit on another couch and watch <laughs> dudes get <laughs> <in> the nuts <laughs> but yeah there was a sense of camaraderie in that i think absolutely my my brother hasn't seen it yet and like we grew up loving the jackass movies and TV show together and I've been trying to play a prank on him where I tell him that like like he hasn't gone to see it yet because he's got these kids and he can't get a babysitter and his kids are like six and four or something like that and I'm like I've been telling him that it's okay that this one's not as harsh as the other movies <laughs> that it's okay to take the kids it's well, vulgar <laughs> he hasn't bought that, it yet that's the thing that really struck me about this there was so much penis in this movie like <laughs> An obscene amount. And I read an interview that I guess the MPAA was like very lenient with them because they just they knew that this would get people in the theaters and the MPAA has a vested interest in (laughs) movies playing in theaters. So they're like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, we're not going to we're not going to stop you. (laughs) And so there's just so much. And And that's what also made it really funny is like it was all these dudes, you know, these probably guys that were like working construction an hour earlier. And getting together with their bros, having some beers, and just watching the most male nudity I've seen on screen in my life. So whoever's got a, a hole for the bone is getting the bone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I just the Jackass movies, especially, are ones that absolutely warrant being seen in the theater. Like they're just a good time had by all because you get that visceral reaction from the audience. People are cracking up. People are wincing. You know, it's great. People are almost vomiting. Yeah, all the reactions from people are great. And then just seeing like some of the craziness on the big screen, like the 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 bee sting, you know, thing that they do. Like you got to see that on the big screen. <laughs> like You just have to. Yeah. Um, and some of the other stuff, you know, the Godzilla thing, of course, like 
You can't watch that on a small TV. You guys no. realize that I was available for FaceTiming during your screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could have called me and I would have you know, laughed along with you. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think I will try to get out to it. Yeah, you should. I mean, mm-hmm. it's we're, fun. we're all going to die. Just move it up a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I actually made it out to the theater not once, but twice this week, believe it or oh, not. Oh, really? The second time I even traveled across state lines to do so, I went to Bloomington, Indiana to see a theatrical screening of uh, New York Ninja, a movie that I think we've talked about mm-hmm. a little bit. That's the one that uh, Vinegar Syndrome put out, where they found this existing unfinished film from... <laughs> I think the early eighties about a New York ninja Um, and it was pretty much completed, but it had no sound. So they totally redid the soundtrack with this uh, artist Voyager who does the music, does a really good job. And then they kind of assembled kind of a who's who of cult um, actors to to voice the uh, dialogue, including, uh, you know, Don the dragon Wilson and Linnea Quigley and, um, I don't know. It's and and the result is a very fun. I mean, kind of along the same lines that you know, the, I, I compared to like um, Miami Connection. You know, it's yeah. like one of these things where it's like it's this lost movie, and you're like, eh, is it really going to be that great? Is it just interesting because it's lost? And it actually turns out to be pretty fun. And like the way, like I said, the they did a really good job um, with the 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 voiceover and the uh, and the music. And yeah, I mean, it's not. And a, an award-winning movie, but it's a fun '80s just action. Did they shoot in, in in New York or? Yeah, it was all shot mm-hmm. on, oh, on nice. location in New York, and that's the other thing. You get some great '80s New York atmosphere, and it's unintentionally funny and sometimes intentionally funny. And there's some pretty great action in it, and it's it's cool. So, um, and I I had seen it already. I had I picked up the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray that had they had put out and. I really want to dig into the special features of that because there's a lot of about the making of it and uh, the you know the res- restoration process and stuff. But uh, it was re- much like Jackass, uh, seeing it in the theater with because it was all college kids and it was because of the IU, the Indiana University Cinema, which was a really nice theater. Um, but it was mostly all college kids and us weird forty year olds that came from Ohio to watch this weird <laughs> movie. Um, but it was a ton of fun because, again, uh, hearing the crowd reactions and uh, the laughs and stuff. Although, again, being that younger audience, it was one of those things where there was just kids that just thought anything from the 1980s was funny. You know, like a corded phone would elicit a laugh. So that was a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. But but still, all it, these it, kids are pieces of shit. I know, right? <laughs> but it's still fun to see with a crowd. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I, there's something about low-budget New York movies that appeals to me where I feel like you can almost feel like the amount of effort it takes to make a movie out there versus out here where you feel like they're fighting the elements, they're fighting the weather, they're fighting like these crowded sidewalks and all this, you know, red tape of getting permits to shoot, which, you know, in in the case of the low-budget ones, they just don't. And so it's a lot of run and gun. And yeah, there's kind of a scrappy feel to those movies a lot of times. So uh, I'm intrigued by this, and and I also liked Miami Connections. So hearing that it's kind of in that vein, uh, you got my attention. Yeah, I'd say check it out if you. If I mean, I know that they're uh, kind of touring it around. I know it played in Chicago recently. I know it's played in LA a couple times. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to see it on the big screen, go for it. But if not, like I said, the Blu-ray is available through Vinegar Syndrome, so you can watch it that way as well. 
Nice. I, I caught up with a couple things on streaming this week um, that I wanted to just shout out real quick. I finally saw The Beach Bum, the Harmony Kareen, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Snoop Dogg, Jimmy Buffett movie uh, from a few years back. Yeah. Um, it's on Hulu right now. I really liked it. I, I don't think I liked it as much as Spring Breakers, which I, I loved. Like This is kind of a smaller movie than that in a lot of ways. Um, but as a character study, I think it's like very... Um, just it feels really honest and and true to this character, and and it's the kind of weird, you know, fringe of society sort of character that that I like to see in a movie, and and it feels like the kind of guy that you would meet, you know, in in Key West or on Venice Beach or something like that. And McConaughey's great, uh, and um, yeah, it's just a fun time. Did you guys see this one? No, I, I did. didn't see it. I saw it. I've kind of like all this guy's stuff. I got kind of mixed feelings. Like I love half of it and hate the other half kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know. I should retry it. I should. I should watch all this guy's stuff. I've only. I feel like I've only seen like three Harmony Korine movies or something. Three or four. I should. I should do the deep dive and check it all out one day. Because like they're all very. It's an interesting movie and all of his stuff's interesting that I've seen. Even if I don't super love it, but yeah, it was alright. It's got a good cast. The other thing is, you know, he just he seems to really care about these subjects and you can tell in, in the way that he shoots them. And, you know, this thing is shot on 35 and it, it just looks great. And I don't know, I, I feel like these are the kinds of movies I wish more filmmakers had the ability to make instead of just making kind of cookie cutter superhero stuff or, you know, um, franchise stuff. But this was a unique one. Also kind of unique. The Last Duel, Ridley Scott, um, you know, our, one of our most vocal opponents of superhero films. Um I, I liked it pretty well, actually. You know, it's a weird one. I'm not sure. Have you guys seen this yet? The Last Duel. <laughs> so it's um it's told in three different parts from three different perspectives of the same story, kind of like a Rashomon. Um, this is the one that's starring Adam Driver and and uh, Matt and Ben, the boys from Boston. Uh, and I thought Adam Driver was great as always. The story is I, I don't really want to get into spoiling it, but the story I think is a little bit unsatisfying in the end um but again just a, a very beautiful looking movie um you know shot in all these gorgeous castles in france and stuff like this and um certainly worth a watch the kind of movie that we don't get too many of um so i, I would recommend the last duel it's on hbo right now all right yeah i like i like uh, adam driver and ben affleck so i'll probably watch this at some point but Rid- i mean a i hate ridley scott to begin with and b like i mostly hate I especially hate his historical movies, like like that movie he made about Moses and like the King Arthur movie or whatever he made. Like that stuff's all super horrible. So I I'm not looking forward to it, but I will definitely watch this at some point. This could be the movie to turn the tide for you on on Ridley Scott. Maybe this, maybe Thelma and Louise. I do uh, need to see that Thelma. Not sure which one it's going to be, but eventually we will turn the tide. <laughs> all right. Maybe it'll be his new Alien movie that he's doing or whatever kind of crap he's <laughs> putting together with Alien. I feel like Ridley Scott is the weirdest guy for you to fixate on on disliking because, I, I mean, I, I like a lot of his movies, but I also feel like as a director, like what is distinctive about the guy? Like I couldn't really name his hallmarks or his style or anything like that. Like I feel like he's the kind of guy that comes to a project and just hires the people that he feels like will be best for that project. And sometimes you get good results. Sometimes you don't. Maybe that's what I hate about him. It's like, yeah, he's just kind of, he'll just do whatever. He doesn't care. You got $5 to give him. He'll direct your stupid movie. Yeah. 
He's all, he was also super annoying on the the Marin podcast. I, I tried to listen to his interview. I got like 30 minutes in because he was just he's very pompous. But, you know, that happens sometimes. He's he's like a 90 year old British man. I think you get to expect him to be pompous. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize he was British. My God, it gets worse and worse. I think he's is he Welsh? What's his deal? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. He was born in South Shields. He was born in South Shields, Tyne, and Ware, England. What the fuck kind of name of a place is that? Yeah, so he's yeah, English. Well, there's no there's no coming back for me. He's dead to me. <laughs> I can't like a man. I can't like a man like this. <laughs> well, can you like a man who calls in to the Junk for Dinner voicemail line and uh, check in with this week's segment of Junk Mail? Absolutely, I can. Yeah, my favorite kind of man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, how do you like this man? This is Peter from Portland. Who has this to say? Hey, junk food dinner. It is Peter from Portland. Uh, just calling to say that I just finished the episode, the the first Black Sci-Fi February episode, and I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, really looking forward to the rest of this month. A couple of things I wanted to comment on. One is the. Uh, event with the slaves um, at the beginning of Welcome to the Terror Dome is actually based on a real historical event. So a little bit of black history for you. You can go to the Wikipedia page for Welcome to the Terror Dome and read about that a little bit more. Uh, Kevin mentioned being sort of interested in Samuel Delaney, and yes, he's fantastic. Uh, I really, really like his stuff. Dahlgren is um, a book of his that gets talked about a lot, like it was talked about in Last Angel of History. It's really challenging. It's sort of a science fiction take on Finnegan's Wake, uh, although a little more accessible than that. If you're looking for, you know, a slightly more accessible take on his work, can try uh, Nova, which is like a really fun adventure story set in space. Um, people are trying to collect this rare element that is only created uh, when stars explode, and they have to like fly through the center of exploding stars in order to collect this rare element. Or you can try uh, Babel 17. That is a lot more, it's equally fun, I'd say, but it's a lot more ideas-driven. It's about how language shapes the way that we see the world, and uh, what if there was this hypothetical language that allowed us to see the world in a radically new way. Um, it's, it's really cool stuff. Um, and then two uh, movies I wanted to recommend real quick on the theme of... Uh, Black Science Fiction, I didn't see them upcoming month, but one is Crumbs. It's an Afrofuturist film from Ethiopia, and it's really fun. It takes place in the future and sort of imagines that current pop culture has uh, been mostly forgotten. And so there's like a scene where somebody digs up like an old Ninja Turtle toy and he tries to sell it to someone else as like a talisman of the ancient samurai sect. And it's just really fun, really weird stuff. Uh, well-made movie. The other one is the... Oh, 
And fortunately, he does call back for a brief addendum, so we'll let him get that in there real quick. Hey guys, Peter from Portland again. Sorry, I'm ambitious with my message. Uh, I know you've been a little forgiving about the three minute rule recently, and I want to take advantage of your kindness, so I understand if uh, this doesn't get played. <laughs> But just uh, real quick, the second uh, black science fiction movie I wanted to recommend is The World, the Flesh, and the Devil, uh, starring Henry Belafonte. I forgot to look to see if you've done it on the show before, so forgive me if, if you if you have. Uh, but it's a really cool post-apocalyptic movie. It's actually the inspiration for the movie The Quiet Earth that I think you also did on the show. And um, while a little bit different, I would say just as good. All right, you guys are fantastic. I love you. Uh, hope you all have a great month. Ah, oh, thank you, Peter, for calling in. And yeah, I appreciate uh, the insight, especially uh, specific to uh, Black Sci-Fi February, which we're right in the middle of. So yeah, good feedback. Like we mentioned, yeah, I would definitely be interested in checking out um, more of Samuel R. Delaney's material. Um, I love, you know, that 60s, 70s sci-fi uh, paperback stuff and it looks like he's got a lot of good stuff to choose from so thank you for the recommendations I'll definitely try to pick some of those up um, and then yeah the two movies you mentioned I haven't seen either this Ethiopian movie Crumbs um, sounds very interesting and uh, the the 1959 Harry Belafonte movie uh, The World, The Flesh and The Devil uh, again have not seen but uh, sounds really cool I would be down for checking all of this out uh, what did you guys think? Did you guys have you guys heard of uh, any of these recommendations from Peter? I've been wanting to see the the Belafonte movie for a while, and I think it was just this month that it got added to HBO Max and Criterion Channel. So I've got it in my oh. watch list, and I'll probably be watching it this month. Um, I, I previewed it, and it looks it looks good based on the first couple minutes. So I'm very excited about that. And then Crumbs, I had never heard of. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Um, on Letterboxd. It looks great, and I think it's on Arrow Streaming, so we can get at both these, and they both look really good, so I've added them to my, uh, or I've added crumbs to my watch list, and we'll continue to uh, dream about getting the time to watch this Belafonte flick. <laughs> yeah. This is all Greek to me, but it sounds interesting. I've never heard of any of this, none of this stuff. I've never heard of books. Oh, really? <laughs> Science fiction. Belafonte. None of it. So I'm eager to learn, though. All right. Uh, next call, I feel probably won't be as positive, but let's uh, let's find out together. You guys keep fucking whining about nobody calling. <laughs> but I know if I fucking call, hi, guys. Hi, hi, hi. Wayne, <laughs> fucking. Uh, I love the fact that you're doing a Black History Month fucking episode. Sci-fi, whatever the fuck it is, you three white fucking Caucasian assholes. Mm-hmm. It's so nice that you guys are giving, you know, a couple of minutes to the blacks. Uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> that, that you still fucking, uh, I don't know, like you fucked them in certain ways or something like that. I don't know. What? I don't know. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the, the Patreon people picked some great films for this week. You know, uh... Fucking Enemy Mine was a film that was on fucking Channel 11 all the time around here. In uh, the Jersey, New York area. Like every fucking Sunday, you'd be fucking put on TV. Enemy Mine would be on. Middle of the day. What the fuck? So I've seen a bunch. Yeah, and the whole thing when 
you know, everybody's favorite fucking somewhat ginger, uh, Ryan James, you know, an undisputed fucking uh, character after icon pops up at the end of the film. <laughs> okay. Huh? Um, yeah, that sounds really good, too. I like uh, Brother from Another Planet. I think it's fun. I think I wish that the character, I mean, character talk to it, but, you know, it's oh. kind of... The reasons why. Uh, and, uh, sorry about this. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Wayne. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, keep doing this bullshit, you fucking Anglo-Saxon fuck. And, uh, maybe some other people might call in occasionally. All right, I gotta go film myself. Bye. Do it, man. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne, for calling in. Uh, we'll let you know when we do, uh, Jersey Dirtbag History Month. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, a I, suicidal mail carrier theme show coming up. <laughs> but no, I appreciate the feedback. It's always good to know that Wayne's out there listening, waiting, mm-hmm. lurking, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, scheming. He's, he's a treasured member of our community. So I'm, yeah, I'm always glad to hear that he's still out there doing his thing. Mm-hmm. At least until the police catch up with him. But yeah, Wayne, <laughs> you know. It's you always it's it's good to have dissenting opinions. In fact, we're legally obligated to have fair, you know, fair and balanced airwaves. So with every positive, you know, Peter from Portland call, we got to have a negative Wayne. So thank you mm-hmm. for helping us fill this legal obligation, Wayne. It's one of the most frustrating FCC bylaws, but it's in the books. It's in the books. Uh, well, let's finish it off with the third call. See if it can split right down the middle between the positivity of Peter in Portland and all that alliteration and the negativity of Wayne in Wayne's world. And uh, this comes to us from uh, our old pal, The Fallen One, who has this to say. Hey, Junkwood Dare guys. It's The Fallen One. And I don't have any recommendations, but I wanted to put my two cents about Nightmare Alley. Okay. Now, oh. I was... I always have a uh, bad respect for Guillermo del Toro and um, Ron Perlman, uh, William Defoe, and even Clifton Collins Jr. Mm-hmm. But the main problem I have with this movie is the lead actor. Bradley Cooper can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have a long list of actors or actresses uh, that I hate, but if I did, Bradley Cooper would be top of the list. And I don't hate him because he's a pretty boy and all the soccer moms fantasize about him every time they masturbate. Or the Whoa. fact uh, uh, that he, ha- I think he has a punchable face. I don't like him because he's a pretty boy without range. And what I mean by that is like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are both pretty boys and they have range. Two things to have range is that they either can play both the bad guy and the villain, uh, and the good guy. And plus, they have to die in the films. Uh, Bradley Cooper never died in his films, at least I, the films I've seen. And if he did, it was always off screen. And also, he has never played a bad guy. The only two roles that he has played either was good guys or assholes. And lastly, I want to say, if Bradley Cooper was in a prison movie, he wouldn't be a leader of some gang. He would be someone's bitch. So that's about it. See you guys later. <laughs> All right. Yeah, following one right in the middle there. I, 
bringing a, a rare negative fallen one. Normally he's very positive recommending the obscure uh, titles, but here he's coming in hot with his takes on Bradley Cooper. And, you know, I have not seen Nightmare Alley yet. And I'm like you, I, I always, I always want to root for Guillermo del Toro because he does seem like, you know, one of us, he's a cool dude. He loves the monsters and uh, he seems like a very cool guy. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Bradley Cooper fan either, but I certainly don't have the, uh, the vitriol the fallen one does. But what are your guys thoughts on the Coopster? I never really liked the guy. I, I can see his point, especially with this movie, because I think this role is asking a lot of him and it's asking things of him that he especially just is not capable of. Like it's a part that's written for a guy in his early twenties or something. And I think Bradley Cooper is like 50 years old now or something. And it does, it, it, it is the, the kind of part that requires a lot of range. You know, this character goes through a lot and he's very flat in it. I, you know, I think in the right kind of a role, you know, you throw him in as the fifth build, you know, friend of the lead who shows up for a couple scenes and jokes around, fine, whatever. Or, you know, you, you let him do the voice of a cartoon raccoon or something. But, um, yeah, he's not that great in this movie. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have strong feelings about him. Like, I mean, he was in What Hot American Summer, and, like, that's good, you know? It it would take a lot of bad movies to cancel out the good of being in that movie. And, um, and he's my favorite cartoon raccoon, so I don't know. He's all right. I mean, he does a lot of shitty movies. Silver Linings, Playbook sucks, and Hangover sucks, and American Hustle sucks. Maybe he does not, has done enough movies to cancel that one on American Summer now that I think about it. Did you see A Star is Born? I did. I like the scene where he pees his pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I saw this week? Speaking of just the word star triggered in my brain. Have you guys seen Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? I saw about half of it. That was weird. <laughs> it is weird. It was okay. It, it gave me vibes of uh, Dude, Where's My Car? It, like was like, were, it was like, it was like, my didn't. car meets Austin Powers. Yeah, it was the Austin Powers side of it that I was less into. Like, it, it was trying really hard to make me laugh, and I was just kind of chuckling at most. And so that can be, you know, tiresome at a certain point. I kind of liked it. You did like it. I, okay. I'll probably go back. All right. Very colorful. Well, it sounds good to me. Dude, where's my car meets Austin Powers? Sounds like the perfect movie to me. So I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like to give us a call on the Junk Food Dinner voicemail line, uh, please let us know uh, what you thought of Barb and Sargat of Vista Del Mar. Uh, what you think of... Uh, you can call us uh, honkies if you want. That's cool. We don't mind. Um, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Pick up the phone. Dial 347-746-JUNK. That's 347-746-5865. Uh, or send us an email at jftpodcast.gmail.com. But forget all that. Just... Give us a call. Let your voice be heard. All right. That being said, let's get into some, as they call it in the business, nerd news. From the global resources of junk food dinner worldwide, it's time for nerd news. The first piece of nerd news, I have some sad nerd news, and that is Ivan Reitman, producer, director, died at the age of 75 this week. Uh, Probably most well-known for Ghostbusters, and that's what was uh, 
you know, in most of the headlines announcing his death was Ghostbusters producer. But uh, he had a whole lot of films under his belt. Um, A lot of films that you probably grew up watching. Uh, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave Jr. Um, He produced Beethoven, Old School, Euro Trip, um, Up in the Air, among many others. Um, But yeah, he had been around for years. Um, I think we are some of his earliest work, um, you know, he was, you know, tied to that, uh, the national lampoon crowd and came up, uh, like he did, uh, meatballs and all that stuff. And I don't know, um, stripes, all those well, Bill Murray comedies. Not forget about cannibal girls. If you want to talk about, you know, him coming up and in, in the early days, he wrote and directed cannibal girls. Oh, I've never seen Cannibal Girls. Is it fun? I think it looks fun. I've also never seen it, but it's it's got a great poster. It's one that I've wanted to see for a while. Um, stars Eugene Levy. Yeah, and Andrea Martin, both from SCTV. I've yeah. never seen it either, but I'm intrigued by it now that you mention it. Well, it's crazy because last week I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger was on Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel was asking him about Twins 2 which apparently they're making, which is going to be Schwarzenegger, DeVito, and now their third twin, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, triplets. They've been talking about this for, I feel like, a decade. Yeah, well, it was, I think it was, they've been talking about it so long as it was originally supposed to be Eddie Murphy as the third brother. Um, but yeah, it, like literally, this was like on Thursday or Friday, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, yeah, Ivan Reitman, putting it together right now. Gonna be doing it any minute. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing I read, Ivan Reitman's dead. I see. So, so you're trying to pass off the curse onto Schwarzenegger and and you know resolve us from our responsibility. So if you recall, we we did also talk about Reitman, or at least we talked about Ghostbusters in our Blu-ray segment last week. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, but we never said the word Ivan Reitman. No, we well you did. You did call him the wrong man, which I thought was wrong at the time. <laughs> But yeah, uh, oh man, how could we forget? Producer of, first of all, Heavy Metal. He deserves our praise just for that. Uh, Big Shots, the movie that we did not too long ago on the show, produced that bad boy. And a movie that I have fond memory seeing in an empty theater, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, yeah. And strangely enough, I, I think I knew this, but I had since forgotten it. And now I'm going to know it again for a short amount of time before I forget it again. Uh, he was the music supervisor uh, for a couple early Cronenbergs, Rabbit and Shivers. There you go. Bowman, what do you think of this right man? Um, <clears throat> I mean, he's done like so much stuff that uh, it would be hard to to not like something he's done. But um, yeah, I, don't, I think like all the stuff that he's like mostly known for just is stuff that kind of isn't for me. Like, you know, like... Um, stripes and uh, national Lampoon's like Animal House. I think I tried to watch it when I was like eight, and I just was not oh, into man. it. You got to revisit that. You don't like Legal Eagles with Deborah Winger? Well, I love Winger. Okay. How about uh, <laughs> Howard Stern's Private Parts? Does that do anything for you? Oh yeah, that does. That does a lot for me. How about Road Trip starring your boy Tom Green? Does that do anything I, for you? Of course, without that movie, we would never have mixed up Boston and Austin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love He's it. just a producer on these, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, his director stuff is 
is a bit different. Uh, meatballs, I don't care for. Uh, my super ex-girlfriend, Evolution, Stripes, Junior. I don't know. I like Kindergarten Cop and Ghostbusters, but I don't, I don't want to speak ill of him. I mean, he's great. Everybody loves him and stuff, but um, I don't know. A lot of his stuff just doesn't speak to me specifically. All right. Fair enough. Looks like he directed a short film in 1968 called Orientation that is a spoof of college orientation films. Maybe that could have been a potential inspiration for Matt and Trey's little uh, behind-the-scenes Universal short film that we watched. You know, who knows? Could be. And that's another thing about this guy. It's like a lot of the people I'm, that I find funny probably were deeply influenced by this guy's stuff too. So, so that goes a long way. Yeah, how could you have uh, Meatballs 3? Or Meatballs <laughs> 4, for that matter, if uh, Ivan Reitman didn't pay for what? <laughs> that is a good point. I do... I do love Meatballs 3 and 4, so yeah, without his work, I wouldn't have those, so I, I love him for that. Uh, another thing that I love, and I'm interested in knowing if you guys love it, um, <clears throat> this week at the Super Bowl, there's a lot of uh, crazy trailers and commercials and things like this, and one that stuck out to me, of course, was the new Doctor Strange movies trailer, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um. So, you know, so I, I sent you guys the link. I think that this is going to be very fun. Sam Raimi is back at it after like 15 fucking years of not making movies. And I think this looks, I mean, even outside of like all the Marvel stuff, like it looks like the X-Men are in this fucking thing. It's rumored that Tom Cruise is going to play Iron Man. It's rumored what? that, yeah, it's rumored that uh, that, Blade that can't and, be right. That that, that sounds like the kind of rumor that you hear on like the playground when you're in third grade or whatever. Did you hear Tom Cruise is going to be Iron Man? It's the it. multiverse. You can have whatever you want in a multiverse, Sean. That's all the crazy rumors are abounding about this movie. Um, but even aside from all the Marvel stuff, uh, I want to know if you guys are excited like me uh, about Sam Raimi coming back. And does this trailer do anything for you just on the Sam Raimi front well i'll tell you what so uh, i saw the first doctor strange movie and it did nothing for me <laughs> i wanted to like it but i hate benedict cumberbatch so that doesn't help and because he's british well for many reasons okay but the britishness doesn't help <laughs> but yeah i mean i love the doctor strange comic the psychedelic nature of it Maron. Uh, but when it comes to that movie, I just felt it was kind of boring. And then, so yeah, I saw this trailer and I don't know. I'm just not interested. And I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I like Sam Raimi, but I don't, you know, those Spider-Mans like they're, they're good. They're just not for me. And, you know, all his recent stuff has just been okay. So it's hard to get me too excited. And this idea of a multiverse, it's kind of like that Marvel what if show. It just feels like the writers being like, we could just do anything. And it's like, well, if you can do anything, then does any of it really mean anything? Like, is there any con consequence to any of this? Like, I don't know. It just feels, I don't know. It's just, it's not for me. It's maybe like Ivan Reitman for you. It's just, it's, <laughs> if you love it, God bless you. It's just not for me. Yeah, I, I also watched all 20 minutes of this two-minute-long trailer. 
that just feels like it's 20 minutes long because we got a million fucking things happening. It um, good for Raimi. I mean, you know, much like Del Toro, Raimi's a guy who I consider like one of us or or whatever. You know what I mean? He's one of the good guys. I, I wish him all the success in the world. If he makes a billion dollars from this, I think he deserves it because that motherfucker made the Evil Dead. And, uh, you know, he probably didn't make that much money off that, you know, I, I guess over the years with this, uh, you know, probably 10,000th uh, home video release of it that's coming out next week. You know, he's probably <laughs> made a little bit off of it. But yeah, still, I was I say, mean, he's, he's made at least like $10,000 off me alone just buying <laughs> Evil Dead 2 every time it comes out. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Kevin, this was just kind of not for me. I, I don't know what's happening in it. I don't really care. Uh, this looks to me just like all the other Marvel movies. Um, I don't like Cumberbatch. I, I hated the guy in Cloud Atlas, and I don't think I've seen him in a ton of things. But just in general, he kind of has a weird uh, vibe he gives off to me. Um, and not to judge a guy by his vibe that he's probably got no control over, but it is, yeah, I don't know, not not the vibe I want to hang out with for, I'm guessing, what will be four and a half hours, as all these movies are. <laughs> That's possible. What if Robert Downey Jr. or Tom Cruise's Iron Man? Will that sway you guys either way? No. That, would, really. make you, <laughs> that would make me want to see it less <laughs> than I do now. Speaking of well, Cruise, I saw Risky Business for the first time. Again, that's on HBO right now. I saw that uh, for the first time in the past uh, few weeks and uh, thought it was really good. What a charmer that Tom Cruise was it erotic? Yeah, man, he's dancing around in his undies. I remember that movie being erotic when I was a kid. It's pretty risky. I mean, there's it's all about, you know, him running a prostitution ring out of his home while his parents are on vacation. And it's, it's you know, a funny, wacky 80s comedy. If, if you like weird science, I think you would like risky business. I do like weird science. Uh, check it out. Still yeah. streaming. Any Tom Cruise movie for me is risky business because I'm risking breaking my television in anger. <laughs> Come on. That's uncalled for. It's America's sweetheart. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. He's a villain by all accounts. If you ask me. <laughs> well, maybe Weird, you're right. Creepy little Scientologist. Yeah. I mean, there is the thing about him being affiliated with one of the most evil organizations on the planet. And I guess there's also the, the thing about all these sham marriages he has constructed where these poor women get, you know, effectively abused by him until he, he moves on to the next one. But he's handsome as all get out, Kevin Moss. You got to admit yeah. that. Top Gun's exciting as hell. He's got that smile. Mm-hmm. A little snaggle tooth. We all love that snaggle tooth. <laughs> Well, speaking of America's sweetheart, I got some nerd news about Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, just came out this week that Sega and Paramount have signed off on a third Sonic. To be honest with you, I didn't know that the second Sonic was a thing, but I guess it's coming out uh, this year, this spring. So they moved quick on that one, especially considering all the animation required. Um, and also a Knuckles spinoff series that will, I guess will be on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, with Idris Elba reprising his role as Knuckles, which I guess he did in the first Sonic movie. Uh, People in this article have a lot of nice things to say about the movie and the franchise and how much they love it. Uh, The one thing that I wanted to point out is the fact that they say this gives them the four-quadrant film that 
that they were seeking, which I just love when anybody's calling something a four quadrant film. It's like, yeah, you guys really care about, uh, you know, making art here or, or, you know, (laughs) enabling creators. Um, I haven't seen that first Sonic movie. I, I guess maybe I should. I like the Sonic the Hedgehog video games, or at least I did when I was 12 years old or whatever. And people seem to like the movie. It, it made enough money, even despite a pandemic, that um, they're moving full steam ahead with a bunch more of these. Um, so have you guys seen this? Should I see Sonic? Uh, should I just eat a Sonic burger instead at, at the Sonic drive-in? I have seen the first Sonic movie. Um, it was It was on one of those streaming services that I had and for some reason was bored one day and watched it. I thought it sucked, but I'm also not a child. So <laughs> I guess, you know, take that for what it's worth. And then, yeah, I I saw this trailer for Sonic two twice this week. I saw it before Jackass. And then I saw it, uh, uh, during the super bowl and yeah, it looks like more of the same shit. Jim Carrey's back being more annoying than ever it's got knuckles it's got tails but you know it's weird i guess it is kind of a kind of a safe bet because you know it's it's funny to me that sonic does have a multi-generational appeal you know i always figured he was just something that kids our age were nostalgic for because you know obviously after sega bit the dust but you know obviously sonic has lived on in games through Nintendo and he's had his own animated series and um, the there's like um, comics and all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, my nephews are real into Sonic and the whole Sonic world. And like, they're into like characters I didn't even know existed in the Sonic universe. So yeah, I get, you know, I guess because it has that multi-generational appeal, young kids and, you know, kids, people our age, I guess it is kind of a safe bet where people, you know, like to take their kids to that stuff and something that they can get into as well. So I can see why it works. It's just as a childless guy who, I mean, I love Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid, but not enough to make me sit through another one of these movies. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I was a Super Nintendo man, so I never got into Sonic. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of kids like him, though. A lot of those Genesis kids, so that, that's cool. If If, you know... If you're an old man who likes Sonic, that's fine. I, I'll be I'll be excited when a Mario brother comes out. You know, show me a Mario brother on the video. The thing about it is Sonic out, guy, right? yeah, yeah, the, Chris uh, the Chris Pratt, yeah. Uh, but the thing about the Sonic guy that's different from Mario, the Sonic guy, he's got to go fast. That's fun. That's true, and he does like chili dogs, which seems interesting. Oh, he, he loves them. I don't, I, I'm not sure where that came from. I don't think there's a chili dog in the entire series of games maybe that's from the cartoon i guess but yeah the internet tells me he loves chili dogs yeah and he does like to go fast you know i'm all right maybe i'm being won over by the sonic maybe i will see these movies i like the idea of of kevin you know changing his mind about all these kids maybe not being pieces of shit after <laughs> they taught him a thing or two about old sonic the hedgehog you know <laughs> that's true. i'm like you kids don't know shit about sonic and then suddenly they're they're explaining all these new characters to him yeah, they're explaining the Sonic multiverse to me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> All I know is Green Hill Zone. Who's that pink Sonic? You know what I'm talking about? There's like a. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I have Knuckles? No, idea. no uh, he's, he's red. Black. Oh, yeah, is he red. red? Who's the black one? That's uh, Shadow. That's right. Shadow uh, was around in our day. He's in like Sonic 
three or something, I think. Uh, I think Knuckles was introduced before Shadow. Right, yeah. It was Knuckles. But anyway. Because there was Sonic, then there was like Sonic 2, then there was Sonic and Knuckles, and then I think like Sonic 3 maybe had a bunch of them. And yeah, anyways. What about Sonic? Cool. They all went you, fast. You guys like Sonic 2, though? The mix of Sonic and Pikachu? No, I think that's an abomination. <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> Um, you don't even like Pokemans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm all about drinking that Pokemon period blood, son. <laughs> get a real quick in here real quick. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to talk about a disc coming out this week. Uh, and just want to bring it up. It's Kids in the Hall Brain Candy getting that Blu-ray treatment. Um, I only mention it because I know we're, we're big fans of this film here on the podcast. But uh, it's been, I think, kind of out of print for a while. Or only available through like that burn on demand Warner Archive uh, yeah. DVD, but now you can get a nice Blu-ray of it. So uh, strike while the iron's hot, because it seems like uh, the licensing for that movie is all over the map. So who knows when it's going to go out of print again? So I will definitely be picking up this Blu-ray. It's good news because I, I, you know, distinctly remember the quality of the you know DVD print that we watched before being real bad. So I would like to get these nice pixels. Yeah, yeah, hopefully hopefully they've done a good job with it. It's not just like an upscale DVD, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, this is like the only Kids in the Hall released thing that I don't have on at least DVD. So I, I definitely need to have this in my my big Bruce collection. Put it in your Bruce. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into our first short film of black sci-fi February, and that is departure from 2017 so stick around i used to make love to my wife whenever we wanted it was wonderful so when i couldn't i tried to avoid it i tried to avoid it but it was a problem for both of us for both of us but then i made a call and now i'm back i'm back i'm back we are back we love hearing from our junk food junkies Call today at 347-746-5865 or just click the call now button on Facebook. If you or your partner isn't living life to the fullest, there's something you can do. Make this call to get your free confidential information. You'll learn what you can do about it. Since I made the call... We're making love again. And again. It can happen for you. Today for your free confidential information and see if you can recapture your love life. I think I'll start with your famous fried chicken. Have you tasted the love in our food? Come down to the original Barn Restaurant, a family dining tradition in Oakland for over 30 years. All of our food is freshly prepared daily in our own country kitchen. Barbecue beef ribs, fried chicken, oxtail, fish, chitlins, greens, yams, black-eyed peas, as well as other soul food cuisine. You'll love our famous dessert, peach cobbler, banana pudding. You can taste the love in our food. And to bring our love into your life, mention this ad any Monday and receive a free dessert with any dinner purchase. We're located at 1726 7th Street, across from Oakland's main post office. Call for easy directions. 
832-3996. That's 832-3996. The Barn Restaurant. Taste the love in our food. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. Light year groove. Well, all right. You hear the noise? Ain't nobody but me and the boy. Tell everybody in your family to enter the ProLine $100,000 Family Reunion Sweepstakes. Like last year's winners, the Charity Family. Picture your family winning 50 round-trip tickets on American Airlines, hotel accommodations, and a family picnic feast. Or exciting family vacation, spending cash, and thousands of ProLine prizes. Enter the ProLine $100,000 Family Reunion Sweepstakes. From our family to yours with love. Hustle on over here. We did it. And I never thought being on Earth would be like this. Are you here? And being among these humans has been more than I've ever imagined. Say, fellas. Sensations. The different life forms. It's incredible. How is the embryo holding up? It was resting. Ephraim. What if we stay behind? We don't have to leave this planet. 
We have to report the information that we gathered. The information that we gathered is that we can survive on this planet if we merge with the native humans. And more importantly, we can reproduce. That's the information they need, not us. I don't want to stay in this body. I just, I miss being able to move freely. Being truly one with you down, we feel trapped. This, this is going to be the new normal. Don't you see that? It's not so bad. And can you honestly say that you've ever felt anything like this? Our ancestors used form similar to this. We're here to learn about them, not to become them. We have to return. identification code. Essa Sunny. Special agent number nine. What is your situation? We have two potentials breaking from routine. Request permission to pursue. Request grant. Do you require assistance? Backup won't be necessary. Welcome back to Junk Food Dinner. The first short film we're going to be taking a look at on our Black Sci-Fi February Short Films Week is Departure from 2017. Uh, this is directed by a guy named Donovan Vim Crony. And it is a very short 10-minute uh, movie about a couple uh, named Adam and Aoife. Um, no coincidence that uh, their name sounds like Adam and Eve uh, played by Harry Williams and Natasha Hopkins respectfully uh, as a couple on earth um, who we find out very quickly are actually visiting aliens inhabiting human bodies and they have been sent here to determine if life is inhabitable here and if they can reproduce here on earth and if it's basically if earth is is good to go for for colonization um but um the dude starts uh getting like a a reception like a message from the home planet that they want them to report back and they go to the spot where they're about to be you know beamed back to their their alien ship, a dude follows them and we're not quite sure. 
at least it wasn't clear to me exactly why he like gets like a call on a walkie-talkie and is told to follow them. But again, not exactly sure by whom. And he goes and tries to stop them, uh, or at least take them with take him with them on the ship. Um, but they don't, and they're beamed up. And then once they're beamed up through uh, subtitles where we get the dialogue between them and I guess their, you know, alien overlord basically saying, you know, Hey, we had to get you early because, you know, you're supposed to live out a whole human lifespan, but, uh, you know, man is killing itself at a rat, a pace so quickly that, you know, we had to get you out of there as soon as possible. The hatred and war is consuming the earth. Despite the fact that it's inhabitable, they're fucking it up so bad. We can't, no, we're not going to, we're going to abandon this experiment, so to speak. Uh, and then they take off. Um, I don't know, to be honest, this is, you know, when it came to black sci-fi everywhere and Afrofuturism, um, I had a pretty shallow well of stuff to draw from. And especially when it comes to short films, I couldn't, you know, off the top of my head, name one black sci-fi short film. So I, I had to resort to the internet and, uh, looked up, uh, some short films that fell into this category. And this is one that came up um, as receiving some critical praise, uh, you know, at least some critical praise and it played at some film festivals. And so it seemed like it fit the bill. Uh, but to be honest, this was kind of disappointing. Um, not that it's bad. It's just that there's not a whole lot here. I mean, at only 10 minutes, it hardly has any time to really develop anything. Uh, the sci-fi is, you know, very minimal. There's not a lot of special effects and the effects that there are, are, uh, you know, a little on the, on the amateur side, the acting and camera work isn't bad, but again, there's just not a whole lot to work with here. Uh, the story I feel like is pretty kind of standard sci-fi stuff. And the fact that, you know, you have two African Americans in the lead, it's doesn't really, I don't know, add anything too fresh to it. I mean, we talked a lot about, in um, the first episode, you know, how, um, you know, black people as aliens is, is a pretty common thing in Afrofuturism and black sci-fi just because obviously black people being brought to America often feel out of place and fish out of water. And, you know, that lends to the alien metaphor. And I feel like that's kind of at work here. And obviously the whole thing of like aliens having to warn man or leave earth because of man's destructive ways as a sci-fi trope as old as time. So, you know, I didn't feel like there's a whole lot of new stuff being covered here. And again, at just the, the small 10 minute mark that you don't really have a lot of time to do much or explore a whole lot. So I get it. You know, they're working with what they had and this is definitely, you know, something from a, a, a young and an upcoming filmmaker. So I'm definitely curious to see what this, um, you know, Donovan Vim Connery has to offer. I mean, I, I think this is probably a good, good starting point, but, um, as it stands, you know, I wouldn't say rush out and watch this. It's not really an essential, um, piece of, of black sci-fi if you ask me, but, but, uh, you know, a decent entry nonetheless. But what did you guys think of departure? Well, to be honest, Kevin, I'm I'm relieved to hear you set this up in, in the way that you did, because I was worried, you know, that I was going to come into this and, and be completely on the outside and be like, I, I didn't get it. Uh, am I an idiot? I, I did watch this. 
very late at night last night, and I have not been getting enough sleep lately, so I was pretty out of it when I watched this. And I got to the end of it, and I was just kind of like, all right, I mean, it was like not a bad premise, but he didn't really do very much with it, you know, like you said. Um, it is brief, but I, I feel like with you know even within ten minutes you could probably develop this premise a little bit more. Um, but they don't really they probably really didn't have the resources to to do much. I'm guessing this is a first time director who made this for you know zero dollars effectively. Um, there are a couple of moments that I thought were cool. There's a a very strange looking spaceship in this. I'm, I'm not even sure how to explain <laughs> yeah uh, how it looks. It's like a blue acorn or something. <laughs> Like a Fabergé egg made of stars. Yeah, yeah. Th- I guess that's a good way to put it. It's it's interesting looking. Um, never saw a spaceship that looked like that, so that was cool. Um, the other part that really stuck out was um, you mentioned the part where the guy starts following them, and it's it's not a walkie-talkie actually that he gets the message on. It's it's a iPhone, you know, and he's wearing um, those white earbuds, you know, the typical white earbuds with the, um, the dangling, uh, white cable, you know, with the microphone on it. But this old guy who's playing this man in black kind of character following these aliens, this old motherfucker, every time he talks to the guy on the other side of the phone, despite the fact that he's wearing the earbuds with a microphone dangling right in front of his fucking mouth, he's pulling the phone up to his face, you know, like he's the oldest motherfucker on the planet. You know, like he's my mom playing Nintendo and like bouncing around when Mario jumps um, and nobody even comments on it. I mean, you could have at least put subtitles on the bottom of the screen. Let the editor make a joke about this dumb fucking actor doing this. But they don't. They just let it slide. Um, and that's what I was thinking about mostly for, you know, the duration of, of this 10 minute short um, was that other than that, there's some cool free jazz at the end. I, I thought that music was kind of cool sounding. But overall, you know, like you said, there's not a whole lot here, sadly. I mean, I, I guess um, this could be a start for this guy. And if so, you know, I'm glad that he got started. I would also be glad that this guy got started from this. Um, but I can't imagine that that's going to happen. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, uh, I agree with you guys, and I'll be a little bit more harsh. Um, I thought that this just had zero ideas um, the fact that this is 10 minutes and like three of those minutes or something is spent like in a car driving to the spaceship from their house is kind of inexcusable. And another three um, minutes is just subtitles. Yeah. The thrilling climax of this is a still photo of the spaceship and then subtitles, uh, which is not, not cinematic really at all. Um, and then on top of that, it's just like corny as fuck that these guys meet up with the mothership and the mothership is just like, yeah, we had to pick you up. Cause right now, as we speak, world war three is breaking out and the world is exploding. Um, and so despite the fact that you drove over here leisurely <laughs> and there were no signs of trouble at all, the world has now ended. Um, why are they fighting Dracula for God's sakes? And then, yeah, why are they fighting Dracula? And then that Adam and Aoife shit, like, get the fuck out of here with your stupid metaphor 101 crap. Um, not even metaphor. It's just like you just changed one letter, basically. Not even not even a metaphor. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, thankfully this was short. But, yeah, it had no ideas. And I didn't think that there was much talent, even aside from that, or much 
interesting stuff even aside from that. So yeah, I was I was pretty bummed out watching this. Yeah, this movie stunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you know, I don't want to shit too hard on a you know up and coming filmmaker or somebody that's obviously working with you know small resources, but yeah, uh, you know, keep at it. <laughs> you know, keep trying. We'll see what comes next. Um, but yeah, I think that just about wraps it up for departure. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to take a look at our next short film of the evening, and that is Hello Rain from 2018. So stick around. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dom DeLuise. It's so exciting. I'm going to be cooking. If you don't like that, I'll um, I'll sleep with your sister. Hello. The whole room. The whole room. Sure, well, there'll be a small portions. How long is this going to take? Oh, not long at all. This going to bless the crowd. This will take about seven hours. There's going to be enough for everybody. Can you do this in your own kitchen? I mean, sure, sure. Oh, sure. Do you know how beautiful this lady is? This is the greatest lady. And I want to, excuse me. I got to, oh, she's, I'm sorry. I, oh, wait a minute. to mix it up. Good. How about you? Very good. All right. Now what happens is, you jabronis hit the jackpot! Join the Dom DeLuise Club at patreon.com slash junkfooddinner if you smell what Mr. Dom DeLuise is cooking. Hi, it's me, Dom DeLuise. <laughs> You've reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Did I get in the club? Did I get in the club? Here, now you have a cigar. Compliments of the club. Oh, is it that wonderful? Let me walk you out. Mmm. <laughs> This is a Grace Monica earring. Grace Monica's own hair factory is able to custom match their hair to my texture and color. I'm glad Grace Monica is a unisex and a full service salon. Grace Monica, hair and skin care salon, 705 Blackbush Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. For appointment, call 718-282-8111. Well, you know, Wayne told the story a few times about when he, I guess, shot himself accidentally, a white cop came and saved his life. Did you get what I was just saying? What do you mean? When you asked me. Well, yeah. Well, you said that Wayne doesn't really consider himself black. He considers himself rich, more so than black. Yeah. Right. It to us, what's the storyline, first of all? A brief idea of the plot. Let's keep that. Okay, it's essentially about three women who are scientists, witches. I'm serious. Um, and they <laughs> don't delete that. <laughs> create through a, a potent combination of juju and technology. They create wigs that grant them supernatural powers. Uh, what about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. Whack, whack, damn shit killer. Watch I got holes in the dinner. I ain't been home in a minute. What? I ain't never seen no ceiling. Call my guy, yeah, he nailin'. Audio, I'm top billin'. All of my boys dope dealin'. Super whack, I'm no villain. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the hell he think he is? I just wanna make my dough. Gotta take care of my kids. Handlebars, handle my bears. I'll beat this old I would never tell no veil. Spit, but I wear no bibs. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the hell he think he is? I just wanna make my dough. Gotta take care of my kids. 
Just hopped off the plane, about to fuck up the game. Insane in the brain, yeah. Niggas know my name, yeah. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard I'm who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard I'm who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard I'm who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? As a joke, you silly. Yeah. Get right, bitch, I'm gilly. Right. Bitch, I rock like Millie. Ooh. Born and raised in Philly. Queen. Fuck around and roll like Hilly. Ooh. Heart so cold, it's jelly. Yeah. Stole my style, you guilty. Mm. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the hell he think he is? I just wanna make my dough. Gotta take care of my kids. Handlebars, handle my beers. RP, there's Odez. I would never tell no vib. Spit, but I wear no bibs. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the hell he think he is? I just wanna make my dough. Gotta take care of my kids. Just hopped off the plane, about to fuck up the game. Insane in the brain, yeah. Niggas know my name, yeah. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard I'm who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard I'm who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard I'm who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Well, that was, ladies and gentlemen, the Heartbeat 72 in a special tune for you on the spot. Now, our next tune features, ladies and gentlemen, the African percussion instrument that we use. This is an instrument that the Igbo tribe use. It's an instrument called the Ekwe, and that's the young man playing it over there, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right, we'll get together now and do a special tune for you. This thing is called Black Woman Experience. Thank you for coming into Dieties. Hope you enjoyed this meal. In fact, I know you will enjoy it. Lose the weight, come in once a week, and I'll keep track of you, okay? All right, thank you. Hi, I'm Joey E. Jones, manager of Dieties Weight Loss Center in El Cerrito, inviting you to call me if you have a problem losing weight. Your cholesterol is too high, give me a call. The Dieties program is based on the fact that all everything is done for you. No shopping, no cooking, no measuring. All the foods are made with low sodium, low sugar, and low salt. Low in cholesterol as well. So give me a call if you need to lose weight, and you know we all have pounds to take off. Men, women, and young adults, call me here at Dieties at 233-2145. That's losing weight. No stress, no tension, no pain. Fresh food every day. Diet ease. Hi, I'm Renee Breton. I'm the manager at Central Bank located here in El Cerrito. With the help of Billy E. Jones and Diet ease, I was able to lose all the weight I wanted to lose and over 13 inches. The food was delicious. <laughs> Witchcraft to science and the science to witchcraft. Both will conspire against you eventually. 
I could see them. Hi! My body is fire. My face is flawless. My hair is power. I am beast. I am lovely. I was born beautiful. Don't ever mix juju with technology. Put it back on, Rain. No, Philo. I won't. That's turned us to cruel witches. Welcome back to Junk Food Dinner, the next short film on the show tonight. It's going to be Hello, Rain. Uh, this is a 30-minute short film from the year 2018, directed by CJ Obasi, a.k.a. The Fiery One. That's what they call him. Uh, according to the little blurb here, uh, the story features a scientist witch who, through an alchemical combination of juju and technology, creates wigs, which grant her and her friends supernatural powers. Uh, but when their powers grow uncontrollable, she must stop them by any means. Uh, based on the short story, Hello Moto. Hello Moto. By Nigerian-American author... Nanetti Okora for, sorry, Nanetti for that horrible pronunciation. Um, but this is a Nigerian uh, film, like I said, uh, from recent past, 2018, uh, directed by this guy, CJ Fiery Obasi, who I had no knowledge of before this week, but turns out to seem like a pretty interesting guy. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, and it looks like he grew up in Nigeria reading Stephen King novels and watching Hammer horror movies. Uh, his directorial debut came in 2014 with a zombie thriller film uh, entitled Ojuju, uh, which won uh, some awards at a bunch of African film festivals. He did some sort of a mafia kind of movie after that and is currently working on a historical epic sort of a feature. So this guy is a, is a bonafide player, I would say, in the, in the Nollywood film scene. Um, excited to dig into more of his stuff. Um, that zombie feature he did sounds kind of cool. Uh, but I'd never seen any of his stuff, never seen the short film. Uh, much like Kevin, I had to rely on the internet to kind of crowdsource my inspirations for picks this month. And uh, this was one that looked cool based on, you know, the like little preview image that I saw of it, of these very colorful women. And then reading the story about, you know, uh, these bizarre magical wigs uh, seemed kind of fun and so I picked it and and the plot is pretty basic you know it is more or less what I just said you know there's these three women living in Nigeria you know things are going fine for them it seems like more or less kind of an idyllic life and one of them creates these wigs that um, you know cause two of them to go kind of insane and mad with power they're they're rampaging across the countryside I think at one point they grow to like giant kaiju size, but they've got these laser beams coming out of their eyeballs and they're just uh, causing a lot of ruckus out there. And, and the one woman who created the wigs, she you know regrets it and, and has to get back um, uh, together with them and try and stop uh, their reign of terror. That's more or less kind of the plot of this. But the first thing I think you'll notice about this 
is just how fucking cool looking this short film is. It's incredibly colorful, um, especially the fashions that these three women wear. Um, you know, they look like they're from some kind of a rap video from my bad bitch shit YouTube playlist. And then on top of that, you get all this cool, like psychedelic triangle imagery that reminded me of Lucifer Rising or even like a Jodorowsky kind of a vibe. Um, there's not a ton of set design. Like there are a few interior sets, but there's also a lot of um, just cool exteriors, you know, like there's um, these shots of these very crowded, but again, very colorful um, open air marketplaces with lots of people and lots of, you know, fruits and vegetables being sold and stuff like this. And that is one of the things about this is that I suppose it is theoretically set in the future, but because this is a relatively low budget feature, you know, like it at times just kind of looks like the present, like people are using MacBooks that look like they're from the year 2010 or something. And that marketplace doesn't look like the future necessarily, but they got these high-tech wigs, so I, I guess that it is. Um, but you kind of forgive it, I think. Uh, at one point, one of the characters in this also um, takes a, a break from shopping at the marketplace to stop into this little video store uh, to pick up some Nollywood DVDs and, and watch um, a little bit of a horror movie on a TV in there, which I'm guessing is that Oh Juju, uh, the zombie movie from the same director. Uh, but that was a fun little scene to see a, a Nigerian video store. It's kind of a treat. And overall, you know, just everything about this visually, I think, is a treat. You know, there's even some slight Anna Biller vibes to the way that this is um, designed visually. And, you know, not not to sound like a broken record on every fucking episode of this podcast, but you got to check out the wallpapers in, in this one. There, there's some <laughs> legit creative and cool wallpaper action going on in this. Uh, and it's it really is just so fucking colorful overall that I, that I was really into that. And... Um, it's weird, though, because they kind of offset this very colorful day glow, you know, like um, pop art kind of visual sensibility with this slightly somber tone. You know, there's a lot of narration in this that I'm guessing is from this uh, short story um, from Ninetti, uh, who, who I apologized to earlier for being incapable of pronouncing her last name. And I'm not even going to attempt it now. Um, but there's narration of, of her text that is very kind of somber and it's, it's spoken in this slightly hypnotic tone. And so the combination of that, and then these like very silly images of these giant women shooting laser beams from their eyeballs uh, is kind of interesting. It's, it's a kind of contrast that I didn't really expect. Um, there's, and I think there's also some, some intentional humor in this that works pretty well. There, there's a point where these women uh, take a break from rampaging the country to go over to Paris and go on a three-day shopping trip, which I thought was funny. And uh, one of these ladies is drinking uh, a glass of milk out of a champagne glass. I'm not sure that that was actually intentionally funny, but I found that to be an odd choice. Um, so overall, yeah, this was, I, I think, a pretty unique experience. You know, when it first started, I didn't really know what to make of it. Um, the sense of timing and kind of the sense of how the narrative is is told here is a little bit foreign i mean as you might expect from a nigerian movie but it does feel like it's it's operating on a slightly different plane from other movies that you've seen um, but a plane that i enjoyed being on for this 30 minutes so you know i, th I think if you like david lynch movies um you might like this um there's some great music in this um both of like kind of the ambient variety but also some like indie rock, I'm, I guess I would call it, from Africa uh, that sounded kind of cool and um, some commentary in here about like social classes and poverty and stuff like that. But 
Uh, mostly, I think it's just a really uh, excellent visual exercise. But I'm very interested to hear what you guys thought about Hello Rain. Well, I'd never heard of this. And when we watched it, uh, we watched it via like PBS, like if PBS is hosting the video. Yeah. Um, they're so, actually hosting a ton of Afro, Afrofuturism stuff right now. So I, I, we should shout that out. Like if you're in, if you're in the mood for this kind of stuff that we're watching, just search Afrofuturism on PBS and they've got like a shocking amount of cool stuff for free. That's cool of them. I, I did not know that they were doing that. So I went in thinking this was going to be like very specifically PBS-y. So I, I <laughs> like a Ken Burns kind of a thing. Yeah, I expected it to be like a, a short documentary about like, you know, famine or, or war crimes or something like that. Something very PBS-y. Um, so, yeah, when it was not that, I was confused and uh, delighted. and But I still kept... You know, I think it worked against it because I was still expecting that. Like I kept thinking I was going to get some sort of like profundity that <laughs> that this never delivered and doesn't even necessarily want to. So it's my fault or perhaps PBS's fault. Um, so I was looking for that. So, you know, when I finally realized like 15 minutes in that that was not going to happen, uh, probably when when she's at the video store watching zombie movies, I, I was like, OK, well, I'll just settle in then. Um and and also I'll settle in and pray to God that Sean is not furiously writing down each and every one of the titles on the wall for us to do on the show at some point. <laughs> um, well, I mean, based on this, I would say I'm I'm at least one for two on Nigerian movies, maybe two for two. That's true. You're batting what is it, five hundred? Is that yeah. good? Is that a good that's a good batting average? Uh, yeah, what was P Rose's batting average? Wasn't five hundred. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, so yeah, so, so that's like, like you said, this is very fun visually and all the colors, like I've never seen so many colors outside of a Greg Araki movie, I suppose. I've never seen so many colors on a, on a screen before. And I like that. Um, I like that they just blatantly take the, the, uh, the lightsaber noises and effects and just use them. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They're out uh, there, right? I mean. Just yeah, take them. Copy, copyrights can't get you all the way in Africa. I assume you can use whatever you want. Hey, Marin County, make them. Nigeria, take them. It's like I've always said. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so like it's kind of fun. It's like got like kind of like live action, like gritty live action Powerpuff Girls vibes to it a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which I found fun. Uh, I like the part at like the the market because a the market looked cool. Um, it's like, I mean, it seems to be like a kind of like legit Nigerian marketplace and, um, it's cool to see that on screen. And then also you got like the weird sci-fi stuff going on in it where the girl's walking through and just zapping people with her laser eyes and stealing their, their essences. And so that's fun. Um, they turn into vampires at the end. I don't, I don't understand that, why that happened. <laughs> it's, just, it's just for fun. I guess. It's why just are they fun. fighting Dracula? <laughs> and then also, um, like everything's in super slow motion in this, which I did not care for. This easily could have been in normal speed and taken half the time. Um, so, but and you know, the, the story is nonsensical. Like I kind of gave up on it after a while. It just it, it didn't make sense. Like you said, you evoked David Lynch, and I think that that's appropriate. 
Um, story makes no sense. But I mean, I, you know, when your movie is pretty like this, it doesn't matter. Your story doesn't I like make David There, at the marketplace, I saw a lot of out of print vinyl records for sale. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I don't know. Kind of a mixed bag. I like it. It would be great to play behind the band. Just don't pay attention to the story. Not that you could, I don't even think anybody could pay attention to it. Like it's just so everywhere that there probably is not, it's probably not even possible, but uh, very fun to look at. Very fun energy. So yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's fun. Yeah, I agree. This is nice. This is fun. I thought this was nice fun. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like you guys said, I think the main thing that this has going for it is its visual style. Um, just the use of color and the way that, um, you know, you have these three women who are all, you know, have their each, each have their unique color with their wig, you know, one's blue, one's green, one's red. And then not only does the wig match, you know, everything that they're wearing, but also their environment and their powers, the lasers that shoot out of their eyes, about the optical effects on the lasers that shoot out of their eyes were, were very fun. And yeah, I just like this idea of, you know, this lady, she created these wigs and had two of the three friends use the, the wig powers for, for evil, not good. And then she's got to, you know, she's got to cut them off. And I like the way that she does it. She sends a virus through the phone, pick up the phone, boom, wig powers deactivated. <laughs> that, that was fun. Um, and yeah, just, I, I just like the style of this, I, you know, like Parker said, because it was on PBS, I, th- I was expecting something a little bit more heavy, but I was like, yeah, this is just fun. This is just good old fashioned fun. <laughs> this is, I mean, I guess you could probably make some heavy kind of correlation that, you know, black women and their hair have often been, you know, seen as ways of losing their identity and conforming to social norms and yada, yada, yada. But it's just fun. It's just good fun. It's Chicks looking cool with colorful uh, outfits, shooting laser beams, growing fangs, and fighting each other. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Not everything has to be heavy. Yeah, right? I mean, and if if you take away a heavier message from it, oh, great. I think that there is a little bit in there about, you know, there's one scene where one of these uh, women who has kind of turned evil is walking through the marketplace and she says something to the effect of like, I'm above you people now. I've like transcended, you know, your lot in life, that kind of a thing. And and so I think there is like a little bit of like class kind of, you know, uh, stuff in this just barely. Uh, But but yeah, mostly it's just a fun time. It's basically like a music video, you know, for 30 minutes that is a little, a little bit slower paced, but as kind of colorful and fun. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's right. Well, I highly recommend, uh, our listeners check it out. Like we said, it is on pbs.org. Um, and I think it's, it's also available for three bucks on Amazon. If, if you want to throw a few bucks to this filmmaker or, or you can't access PBS for some reason, but I don't even have cable TV and I was able to, to play it on my phone. So, and I'm glad that I did. Uh, But I think that about wraps it up for Hello Rain. Uh, We will take a quick break, and then we're going to come back to talk about Black Mirror Striking Vipers. Stick around. Tell your friends about junk food dinner. What for? What for? I hate them so much. What for? Nobody likes this crap. They're just pretending. I like David Lynch. Oh, look at me. I got the most out-of-print records you ever saw in your life. Tell your friends. What for? What for? What for? Tell your friends about junk food dinner. Oh, that David Lynch. 
No one likes him. The cycling season is here. If you've been thinking of getting into better shape, now is the time. Think of it. Some of the most beautiful scenery in this country is within minutes of your two wheels. Alameda Beach, Lake Merritt, wineries and vineyards of Napa and Sonoma counties, Santa Cruz, Pescadero Beach. The Carl Spikes we have bought them. Like this rose deer cotton wood. At $24.95, it is a great value. Now, for a limited time, you can get this cotton jersey for only $7.95 with a $40 purchase. What do you need? A racing bike? A mountain bike? Something for your children? Jerseys, shorts, gloves, shoes, service? Someone to ride with? Join the Oakland Yellow Jackets. Whatever you need, we provide. Come to Carl's Bikes. Exercise, beautiful scenery, and a great bike from Carl's Bikes. What else do you need? Come to Carl's Bikes. The fun starts here. You don't have to be puzzled about relaxing your hair with TCB No Lie Relaxer. Our exclusive formula is ready to use so you get even, long-lasting results in minutes. TCP No Lie Relaxer. All you need for beautiful-looking hair. One minute more. Nothing is going on. It's a 
Welcome back to Junk Fodge Litzy. The final short film this week is the Black Mirror episode Striking Vipers. This is, I think, the second episode of the fifth season. It's the first. Is it the first one? Okay. I Uh, I probably should have gotten an intern to research that before coming to air. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this, this was in the final season. After Netflix had taken it over from the BBC, um, so they had a bit more money, a bit more, uh, a bit more sway to get some some famous people in here. Uh, so, and as such, we have Anthony Mackie, uh, who's in a bunch of cool stuff, um, and a guy whose name I will mess up horribly, but you've seen him. He's in the new Candyman movie. Um, he's in. Let's see. He's in that Aquaman movie. I did not realize that. It's Greatest Showman. He's in that Watchmen TV show. He's in the new Matrix. He's in Us. He's really good in everything he's in uh, as well. So two really good actors uh, in this. They play friends, uh, Carl and whatever Anthony Mackie's name is, the college friends. They kind of drift apart after college. Although during college, they play Striking Vipers, a fighting game. That's kind of how they bond. Um and something that they, they do a lot. They kind of drift off after college. Um, Anthony Mackie gets married and settles down, has a kid. Um, Carl kind of plays the field, doesn't necessarily settle down, sees a lot of ladies, kind of lives a playboy lifestyle a little bit. Um, after a, a bit of going without seeing each other, uh, they meet up at Anthony Mackie's 38th birthday party. And wouldn't you know it, Carl brings a copy of the new Striking Vipers game, Striking Vipers X, which is a VR game. Uh, so they catch up a little. Uh, Anthony Mackie's a little a little bored being settled down, and it seems like Carl's a little bit bored constantly, you know, <laughs> like having to keep up with the Joneses and uh, do a lot of crunches in the morning to to keep getting these fine young ladies uh, so both a little bit unhappy, not well, not unhappy, but just a little bit restless, perhaps in their lives. Uh, they meet they meet up later on that night, play a little of the Striking Vipers, uh, and this game is, it simulates everything. If you get punched in the in the face in the game, you feel it. Uh, you know, it feels like real life, except you happen to be in a fighting game, and uh, Carl happens to be Palm Clementif, who plays Mantis in the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movies as like a Chun-Li-esque character in this. And um, another guy whose name I don't know uh, plays like kind of the Ryu. And that's what Anthony Mackie, you know, gets put into. Uh, in the midst of fighting, they're just, they're, you know, they're fighting. They're, they got all this energy. They end up kissing. And then they end up realizing that that's very weird, and they both break out of the game quickly. Um, which um, it's kind of weird that Anthony Mackie would play the VR version of this, where like you actually get hurt. Because earlier, when they're in college, we see that Anthony Mackie gets beat like regularly, like flawless victories. So he's not good at this game. So I would definitely not play the, the version where I get hurt for real. Um, but anywho. Uh, so, so it's weird for them, but they meet up later. They go, Oh, you know, I was drunk. I was drunk. That's weird. You know, the video games are weird these days. 
but they eventually start doing more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And next thing you know, he's boning this chick. <laughs> next thing you know, he's boning this chick. And it's, you know, it starts out as just boys playing some video games that also happens to be sex. And after a while, it starts interfering with their lives. Anthony Mackie, it starts upsetting his marriage. Uh, he cannot conceive with his wife because he's constantly thinking about these video games. Carl, he can no longer relate to these young hot ladies that he's seeing because he's thinking about striking vipers. Um, oh, no. Just guys being dudes? <laughs> just guys being dudes. And, uh, yeah, so from there, things kind of pop off. There's a lot of themes running out running throughout this like i mean obviously the overarching theme is kind of like what is sexuality what is gender and there's a lot of it raises a lot of questions there raises a lot of questions about like aging uh we see that anthony mackie's wife is like kind of preoccupied with with getting older throughout this because um like she's you know looking at her wrinkles and she's seeing young people make out you know on the street and stuff like this and then also you know the the idea that um you know, Anthony Mackie and his friend are kind of like reliving their their glory days playing this video game and um, kind of like trying to relive that youth when they're getting older. And this idea that the video game characters that they are never get older because they've play, been playing the same two characters for 20 years, which seems weird. I, I like to mix it up. I'll be Guile and then I'll be uh, Chun-Li and then I'll be Bison. You know, I don't you know, you got to mix it up a little bit. You can't just be the same guy. I don't know. <laughs> um yeah, so I think that there's a lot in here. Um, there's one interesting part where, like, his wife, uh, like, maybe, like, the main question of this episode is, like, there's this part where, like, Anthony Mackie's wife, like, they're having dinner, and she's like, you know, you're acting weird. What's going on? You know, are you, like, cheating on me? And he says, um, you know, no, nothing's going on, I promise. And it's like, is he telling the truth? Is he lying? Like, I don't know, like, that, that seems like a very interesting, like, I don't know, like, that's like kind of the interesting question, I think, that's posed by this. Like, if you're just having sex with your boy in a fighting <laughs> game, like, is that cheating? I don't um, know, just guys being dudes? <laughs> yeah, it's just a case of boys will be boys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the ending if you guys want. Um, but, yeah, when I first watched this, when this first came out, um, cause Frisbee got me into black mirror a while back. Like I kind of didn't like this one. I thought it was okay, but I wasn't over the moon for it. And it's possibly just because the rest of the season just like really, really sucks. So maybe I was just in a bad mood about the season as a whole, but I liked it a lot more now. Um, maybe also cause I have an Oculus. Like I, maybe, maybe that makes me like this more. Um, and you and Frisbee have been hooking up and talking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There you so, are. You talk, you son of a bitch. <laughs> So now I can kind of relate to it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think that this is really interesting, really kind of th- thought-provoking. In a, you know, a lot of the Netflix ones are kind of stupid and not pro- thought-provoking, but I think there's a lot going on in this. So I, I really enjoy it. And even just that it's like sort of core, um, it's just kind of fun. Like the idea of being in a virtual reality fighting game is just kind of fun and stuff. And I mean, and the cast is great. These two guys are fucking amazing in their roles. So... Um, and then also the people playing the fighters too. So I think this is really fun. Um, definitely one of the better later black mirror episodes probably, but, uh, what do you guys think about this and or black mirror in general? Yeah, I, 
saw the first season of Black Mirror when it was all the rage when it had come over here to Netflix, and I liked it. And you know, I thought that the comparison to Twilight Zone was apt. I thought you know it it definitely um, you know had elements of that, and I could feel that being you know being kind of the the Twilight Zone of our time, and the fact that it was kind of pointing the the eye at technology and you know how our modern day and maybe not so distant future uh will have unintended unintended consequences and it seemed to have kind of the same kind of moral compass that the twilight zone had so i I was into it but for whatever reason i never really kept up with it past season one and um to be honest with you i didn't even realize that it had this many seasons um let alone this kind of netflix u.s season um so yeah i was glad to get a chance to watch this and yeah being the first episode of this season um i'm intrigued because yeah i like this episode uh, i didn't really know where this was going at first you know it starts off with these dudes who are you know young in their 20s you know roommates um you know playing this game and like you said then what we cut to like 10 years later dudes married has a kid the other guy is playing the field and then this video game gets introduced i'm like okay how like i figured it was going to be kind of a story where it's like the video game brings them back to their their olden days somehow but i never in a million years thought it would result in that <laughs> fucking in the video game which to be honest i thought while uh, like kind of like shocking at first uh became kind of delightful as it went on and on i was like this is- you found it to be a tender love story I thought it was, I mean, honestly, that was kind of hilarious. Like, like, of course, if virtual reality exists and you were able, like, because think about it, like, what would you rather do in a video game? Like, get kicked and punched where it really hurts? Or, like, fuck the hot chick in the game? Like, of course, like, that would be the choice <laughs> you choose. Like, and everybody would be doing that if that was the option. I mean, like, I don't know. And, you know, there and, is definitely a design flaw with the concept of let's have a fighting game where you feel the pain. Like nobody wants that. I mean, even if you're good at it, eventually you're going to get your ass beat, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is a design flaw for sure. But yeah, I mean, so anybody playing this game and if this was a real thing would would just be fucking the whole time because you know why not? But I, you know, it it did. The perverter's back. <laughs> But it, I thought this this did a really good job of answering questions kind of as they came up. Because I was always be like, you know, why can't his buddy, you know, just play this game with other people? And he talks about how he's, you know, tried it with the, the computer and with other people online and multiplayer gangbang rooms and everything. He's done everything. It's just not the same. Mm-hmm. The, he even has sex funny. with the panda. He has sex with the panda character, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then... Uh, you know, then you're like, well, well, are these two guys gay? And then, then they kind of answer that at the end where they, you know, meet up to first they're, you know, <laughs> you think they're going to fight and then like, let's kiss and just see what happens. And they kiss and they're like, no, nothing. It's We're not gay. We just like having sex in the video game. And so it, it does bring up all these kind of like weird moral questions. Like, is it cheating? I mean, I I don't see why, like, you know, it, it would be the same. I mean, I guess the same could be said, like, is it cheating if you are, you know, in a relationship and then like, you know, um, in like a, like a chat roulette situation, let's say, or, you know, something where you're like having some sort of mutual 
masturbation session online. Like that's it's a gray area, but I think still most partners would probably feel betrayed. In yeah, a scenario I, I, like I think that. it's cheating as as soon as there is a second party who is like you know aware of you. It's, you know, I, I think we can all get away with a, a little bit of porno now and again, you know, and, and the worst that's going to happen is our neighbor's going to ask, you know, what we're watching in here, but <laughs> they cross that line where, you know, where they're both a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, w- but what if it's your boy? I mean, Oh, just guys <laughs> being dudes. Yeah. What if it's just guys being dudes though? Just guys. Hey, being buddy, what are you? Some sort of pervert. <laughs> I mean, certainly if this is your dude, that's not cheating. It's still cheating. Well, what's yeah, the yeah, difference if it's a dude or a lady? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being silly. But yeah, but, yeah. but you know, I and, and I like the way this kind of the, it wasn't the ending that I expected either. You know, um, I thought it was just going to either end with everybody bummed, um, and alone and miserable. But it, it didn't. They worked it out. They worked out a, a compromise, which I liked. Yeah. I kind of don't like the end because the way I, I read it is that Carl's friend, when he goes, no, I don't feel anything. I feel like he's giving, like, I feel like they both feel something, but I feel like him speaking up first is giving Carl an out or Carl is giving Anthony Mackie an out to kind of be like, no, I don't feel anything either because like, they're like afraid of it. So all the stuff at the end where like, they get to do this, like, you know, one day a month, you know, and it's like happy times. Like I hate all that stuff. Cause it kind of, I don't know, it goes away, goes against the way I, I kind of read the ending, but maybe I'm just reading it way. I'm maybe I'm just like super off about it. Yeah. I don't know. But nevertheless, I mean, I think the idea of this type of show is to raise those kind of questions, you know, mm-hmm. the interesting morality of the, the scenario that this technology presents and, you know, is there a, a, a healthy way to deal with it or, is it just a, a bad idea to, from the get go? Um, so, but I think that's, I mean, again, it just, it raises those questions and I think it, I don't know. It's just an interesting premise. And, and I think that's what shows like this do very well. And like you said, great acting. I thought both the lead actors in this, uh, Anthony Mackie and the other dude were great, uh, as well as, um, the, the, uh, Anthony Mackie's wife in this. So yeah, all uh, and, and you know, just shot really well. I thought it did a good job of, you know, do, giving us the not so distant future. You know, where they didn't go over the top. It's not like thing. You know, it's supposed to be like eleven years or something into the future. So it's not like crazy over the top. But there's a few little futuristic things. A, a futuristic digital pinball machine, and mm-hmm. obviously the concept of you know VR being just this little button that you press to the side of your head and it, you know, uh, you know, gets into your mind. But, you know, it's not like the, you know, there's a robot butler or anything where it's like ridiculous, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a subtle thing. So I thought that was done well as well. So, yeah, overall, I thought this was uh, was pretty cool and makes me want to get back into uh, Black Mirror and see what I've been missing. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, I guess I, I just wanted to start this off by saying I've heard of downloading a game, but downloading on a game <laughs> I, I would imagine that's how the pitch meeting went for this episode. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the the pun I made is they're they're not gay; they're just gay in play. <laughs> there you go. Um, I had never seen this. I'd never seen any Black Mirrors, and so I was pretty glad to see that you had picked one of these because 
I've heard good things, you know, and, and I like a Twilight Zone kind of a thing, you know, and I like an anthology show. So I uh, was excited ab- about this. I had no idea what the story was going to be on this. I didn't look it up. Uh, you know, Netflix loves to kind of spoil you with like a little trailer thing that they throw at your face where they give you like the key scenes. And I had mute on and I wasn't looking at the screen. And so I was protected, which was good because I think if you haven't already been spoiled by us, which if you've been listening this long and you haven't seen this, sorry for that. Um, you know, seeing this blind is definitely the way to experience it because it does unfold in a way I, I feel like you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like, I, I, you know, I guess I should have known that Striking Vipers was kind of a gay innuendo, but I guess I'm uh, just kind of naive like that, right? I, I did not get that until just now, so. That's right. like a yeah. sexual euphemism, right? <laughs> Kevin Drop Edition knew it, but um, yeah, but but it, you know, early on, I was getting into this, and I felt like the, the writing, you know, felt very true to life. You know, there's that scene early on when they're playing, you know, the original version of the game that's not VR, and they're just kind of um, chatting about things like um, selecting what arena to fight in, and chatting about you know what characters they're going to play and stuff like that. And it brought me back to being a, a teenager playing, you know, Tekken with my buddies and. Um, all those conversations around the video game felt, you know, really true to life. I I do think that the stuff in game in the VR world could have been a little bit better. Like to some extent, the fighting game stuff in the VR world just kind of looks like a like a bad action movie, you know, like like a fight from like a a lower tier Marvel movie or something like this. Like I I kind of wish that they had gone a little further at making it look like a video game. Like maybe put some on screen graphics, you know some, you know, like a health bar kind of a thing or some kind of visual indicator that we're in a game. But I mean, that's kind of a minor complaint, to be honest with you. Um, I did think it's weird that they chose a fighting game of all genres to have sex in. As far as I know, almost every fighting game has like a 60 second countdown on your rounds, right? So like, are we to believe that they're getting their fuck on with a 60 second clock above them? Um, cause I feel like that would be pretty high pressure. Um, <laughs> clearly I think there's, cause like at the one scene they're like having sex in the game over thing is just flashing. So it leads me to believe there's no time limits. It's like they can just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not what the video game creators intended. I, I would say, um, so <laughs> I, I guess, you know, God bless these people for being creative, you know, God bless the creators of black mirror for finding a way to make gay sex be visually appealing to a straight male audience. I think that's kind of, uh, an impressive feat, you know, just represent <laughs> one half of this gay sex couple, you know, with a attractive Asian woman and we're good to go. You know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, the one thing that didn't jive with me at first, you actually already mentioned Kevin was, you know, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, this Carl guy has been bummed out for seven full months with blue balls. Like there's nobody else on earth that's willing to play Lance with him, but he does kind of address it where he's like, yeah, I tried to fuck around with other Lances and it didn't do it for me. So, you know, I, I guess I, I get that. Um, I do think at the end of the day, this, this leans a little bit hard on like the shock factor of the gay reveal and then kind of spins it, spins its wheels for a, a little bit without like introducing much else. And like, I, I, you know, it, it is kind of a funny scenario and, and you know, I won't take that away from it, but 
I don't know. There's like 40% of me that wants to say that it's like a little bit of exploitation going on in terms of like using the gay shit for like shock value where it's like, yeah, I mean, it would be awkward if your if your friend falls in love with you, you know, whether it was a man or a woman, I guess. And maybe doubly so if it's somebody, you know, who's of your gender and you're not homosexual. But I, I don't know. It, it, at times I'm like, is this in slightly bad taste? But I do think that they raise enough interesting ideas that that I didn't at the end of the day ultimately feel that way. And I thought the actors were really good. And I thought overall, you know, it's photographed really nicely and just kind of directed uh, very slickly. And it's just a sharp looking product. And maybe it could have been uh, flushed out a little bit more. Like, I I don't think that there was a full hour worth of story here, but the scenes that were good were good. I, I thought the, you know, the one that you mentioned where they meet up in the rain and at first, you know, they, they go for the kiss and then they, you know, by the, by the end of it, they're brawling uh, there in the concrete. I thought that was a really great scene and, and I liked a lot, a lot of this. So I'm interested to check out more of Black Mirror. Um, I actually didn't know that it was done with. And I'm sad to hear that this final season was not that great. But are there any episodes um, that I should be checking out uh, to start with? Um, yeah, like the first, like... The BBC ones are all pretty good, I would say. And then it's once it gets to Netflix that it's a little hit and miss. Um, the very first episode, the National Anthem, you've seen that one, right, Kevin? That's a banger, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I saw that whole first season. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll pick a couple more coming up on Short Films Week, even though they're like 45 are, minutes. Are the BBC ones on Netflix now? They are, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's all on Netflix. Yeah, check out that first season. I think that's definitely worth watching. I will do. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to, uh, I guess, get into VR and uh, have sex with you. So stick around. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, the early stuff is really good on Black Mirror. And then the later seasons, while they're like a little hit and miss, there's like some really, really super good ones. Like the USS Callister one is really good. And the um, the Christmas special is really, really good. Very nice. This is oh, the yeah. Kevin McAllister one? Well, it's like a <laughs> yeah, the Home, Alone Home Alone episode. But yeah, the last season's kind of whatever, except for this episode. Very nice. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for this many years and I've not gone through Home Alone to pull all the uh, Catherine O'Hara drops of her saying. Very nice. We'll be up all night doing your homework. Don't worry, Dad. I just put energizers in the calculator. Of all leading battery brands, nothing outlasts the Energizer from EverReady. Nothing outsnaps it. Nothing outadds. Outwalks. Outplays. Outtapes. Outshines. Outlasts it. Nothing.
Okay, we're back. You can go talk of the back. Okay, we're back. You can't get an erection. Okay, we're back. As a matter of fact, I smoke pot. It's fucking absurd. Okay, we're back. Percolator isn't working. Boobies popping everywhere. Hey, pal, I can get an erection anytime I want. Watch. It's vulgar. Boobies popping everywhere. You're excited to feel these nipples. It's fucking absurd. More like technical <laughs> fucketry when the ball drains and stuff. Oh, 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 oh. I gotta take a look. Oh, Kevin is there staring at your face. Oh, damn. Holy smokes. Kevin is there staring at your face. I'm into these. I like that. I like what's going on here. It makes you wonder about Kevin. Alright, thank you everybody for listening to Junk Food Dinner. This is your friend Sean Byron telling you this is the end of the episode, but we're wrapping things up over here. But before we do so, we just wanted to point out a few things that, you know, we yeah, we do tend to point them out at the end of every episode, but let's point them out again for you. Uh, those things include the fact that you can always send us an email, and you can do so by emailing jfdpodcast at gmail.com. be a junk mail uh, which you could send us at our uh, voicemail line 347-746-JUNK that's 347-746-5865 or go to facebook.com slash junk food dinner and click on that call now button it's been described as handy and dandy uh, next week should be a fun episode it will be the conclusion of our historic black sci-fi February month it'll be meteor man from 1993 blade 2 from 2002 and space is the place from 1974 uh i'm excited for those should be a fun way to close out this month uh, a month that i think has been kind of a success so i'm glad that we did it uh but until then uh this is your friend send byro for your other friends kelvin moose and perky beantown bowman saying keep washing them dishes
What kind of dog you got, bro?